I don't want to replicate the prison system at home. I mean, I don't uh, think it's actually been effective. I mean, I was yeah. raised traditionally and was punished in the sense of, you know, I got spanked, I got, I didn't really get like grounded. We just mm. got yelled at and shamed and hit. This is a Therapy for Dads podcast. I am your host. My name is Travis. I'm a therapist, a dad, a husband. Here at Therapy for Dads, we provide content around the integration of holistic mental health, well-researched evidence-based education, and parenthood. Welcome. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Therapy for Dads podcast. I have a new friend, a new guest coming on who is Lisa. So Lisa, how are you doing this afternoon or whatever time it is for you? It is afternoon for me. Good. How are you? I'm good. It's been a day. I think we both in our quick green room had some stuff that we were coming in from from the day so far. And mm-hmm. I think that's just life, right? At, at times, I think at my at my house, I had some vomiting kids all oh. the past few days. So that's, that's where cool. I've been coming from. And you've been coming from just a busy day yourself. And we're kind of slowing yeah. down to have a conversation. So glad that you're here. Can you tell us a little bit about who, who Lisa is real quick? So I'm a, a creator. So I'm a conscious parenting creator slash educator, conscious, gentle parenting creator and educator on social media. I also have a blog. I also have a podcast and I'm a mom. I'm, I'm home with my kids. I, I homeschool them. And yeah, I've kind of segued away from the rat race, if you will. And I'm just, mm. I'm just focused on being a mom, healing, and just spreading the message of conscious and gentle parenting. Mm. Yeah. But welcome. And, and I think we, we hit it off having a conversation about that and this idea of conscious and gentle parenting. And so that's kind of the topic of today is that. And, and as a quick caveat, I think there's an, a, different definitions, you know, some nuance to this concept of gentle slash conscious parenting. And, and I think th- there's a spectrum of what that looks like and what that means. And so for today's conversation, you know, at least lay a, a rough foundation of what that means. And then we're going to go back in time a little bit for those that are, you know, as, as we're listening to this, a little back in time of, of Lisa's journey of coming to this place of yeah. this conscious, gentle parenting. So let's kind of live, Let's. what's a rough kind of just structure of what that looks like to get a sense of for us? So essentially, I look at gentle parenting or conscious parenting as a parenting philosophy. And I, I intentionally use the term philosophy versus style because the way it looks, like you said, is there's a spectrum of sort of what it looks like in, in, in real life or in practice where we prioritize the well-being of the child, the emotional well-being of the child, the physical well-being of the child. And so there were just some things we don't do Mm. as conscious and gentle parents. So, of course, there's no hitting, no yelling. I mean, listen, and when I I say this is what we're not supposed to do, okay, Uh but we're on a journey. Many of us are first-generation gentle or conscious parents, and Mm. we've got a whole lot of our own stuff we're working through, so we do our best. Mm. So I'll say that. It's all the grace and the empathy and understanding the world here. This is a safe space to have that conversation, absolutely. Right. So there's no yelling, there's no hitting, there's Mm. no threatening, there's Mm. no shaming, there's no punishment, there's discipline, but it's not in the traditional sense of Mm. what people think of discipline. It's, It's one where we 
educate or teach our children, guide them on how to do the right thing and what is right and what is wrong versus we don't really take any punitive measures against the, against them. Conscious and gentle parenting is science-backed. And when I say science-backed, I mean there's research, there's studies that sort of support every tenet of conscious, gentle parenting. And so, you know, a lot of people are like, what do you mean you don't discipline? You don't, you know, I mean, it's been researched and, mm. and, and we understand that, you know, I don't want to replicate the prison system at home. I mean, I don't uh, think it's actually been effective. I mean, I was yeah. raised traditionally and was punished in the sense of, you know, I got spanked. I got, I didn't really get like grounded. We mm. just got yelled at and shamed and hit. <laughs> mm. And that was more, I think my parents relied more on shame that was the big way that we were punished. And mm. that was something that was just almost unbearable for me as wow. a child. So I would avoid things because I just don't want to be shamed for, for having done them. But I never knew why I shouldn't do them. Mm. Right. Yeah. And so it's very different for, for gentle and conscious parents in that we are careful about telling and teaching our kids why they shouldn't do something and, and working with them and taking yeah. the time, right? Mm. Taking the time with them. And so we don't look for immediate results in mm. terms of if we tell the child one time, oh, you, you aren't supposed to do this or, and this is why they may still do it. Because of course we recognize one of the other things that's really important about conscious and gentle parenting is that you do have to have some sense of child development mm. and what's appropriate and what's not like what to expect sure. because what is sort of, you know, the average parent doesn't have any sort of child development knowledge in terms of what happens when in, in the brain and all of that. And so we have a lot of arbitrary expectations like, mm. you're, you know, the, the toddler, if I tell the toddler no five times, the toddler's supposed to know. And if the toddler still does it, the toddler's doing it intentionally, they know better. And mm. in fact, they don't know better. That's not, you know, <laughs> their brains just don't work that way. Right. So you do, you know, you do have to repeat yourself quite a bit. And that's yeah. why people say things like kids don't listen. Well, you know, auditory processing, that's something that's not developed until they're 14 or 15 years old. And that's in a neurotypical child. That's not even, you know, neurodivergent. I mean, I'm neurodivergent. You ask me something right now and see if I'm actually listening. Probably not. You know, I'm doing my best. <laughs> what was the first point you said about gentle conscious parenting? I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't even remember. See, see, you're testing <laughs> I, I, me. You're joking. I don't even, I don't even like, I think it was no know? hitting. I think it was no hitting. That was it. That, no that, hitting, yeah. no yeah. threatening. No, so <laughs> yeah. no, I say all that to say is that so many of mm. the expectations we have as parents aren't actually rooted in reality. Right. And when you have these unrealistic expectations, mm. it leads to reactivity. Mm. And so one of the first things I did as a gentle and conscious parent is that I was reading materials to understand what is and what isn't developmentally appropriate. Mm. What should I expect? Why, you know, which has helped me to not take the behavior personally. Mm. So much of what so we react harshly to children because we often take their behavior as deliberate disobedience or disrespect mm. when it's actually what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And if you have that understanding, it definitely helps with not being as reactive. Yeah. And certainly 
there's the conscious piece that comes into things, right? And so we talk about being conscious, we talk about being awake or aware. Mm. And that takes, you know, you have to, you have to educate yourself to get there. You have to do some of your own inner work. You have to figure out what your own triggers are, because so many times we react, it's really not because the kids, the kids being the kid, it's our own stuff Mm. and working on our own emotional regulation. So it's a lot of work. And that is a really big, long, convoluted definition, but it's the one I got. <laughs> no, I, it, I think I thank you for that. And it was well said. I th- Really, with some of the stuff, you, it, the, the word philosophy, I think, is really used appropriately in this, that it really is a philosophy of way of being, a way of engaging exactly. and not being a one size fits all, but it's a, it's a way of, it's a way of thinking, a way of redefining, right? A way of exactly. rethinking, a way of changing behavior, our own behavior and understanding. And it's also a challenge and a call to us to do our work. So if we kind of, let's pin there, cause we're going to come back to this point, but you, sure. you, you hinted at kind of a little bit of how you were raised. And so I'm wondering, can you tell just a little bit about your, a little more of your story of how you were raised and then how that impacted and influenced your initial way of parenting until this shift, like there was a shift that happened, then I want to hear about that. But what was that kind of history of bringing up to that point, my childhood and what that did to me as a mom initially early on? So what was that? Can you, can you speak on that? I think I just had like really high expectations of (laughs) just ridiculous expectations, really. So I was, I'm Haitian. So my parents are from Haiti and traditional Haitian parents are incredibly strict I would even venture to say, and I mean, I like, listen, I would, I would argue about this, but I would say that the average Haitian child is a child who suffers abuse. Mm. And it depends on how certainly the parents aren't intending to be abusive, but it's just in the, it's just the way that you're, I mean, children aren't allowed to, you can't, can't do anything. Mm. Like you are, when they talk about like children are meant to be seen and not heard, that is the experience. That's true. That that was your experience. Like that, that was reality. It was definitely strict. Mm. Like it was super strict. You absolutely, I mean, you couldn't even the things that they view as disrespect, like let's say like my dad was walking in, or, you know, walking in the room. And I'm like, you know, and I punch him in the arm. I'm like, hey, dad, what's up? What's going on? That would be disrespectful. Mm. You don't play with your parents. Mm. So my parents never even, you know, never played wow. with us ever. You really even joking with them. You have to be really careful about the way in which you joke. So what it creates is, you know, not only a people pleaser, but you're just not yourself. Mm. Like who you become, like who you are is you're almost raised to understand that who you are naturally, organically is not okay. And that you have to perform in these ways that are acceptable to your community. Mm. And so, you know, you're very respectful anytime, you know, when you walk in somewhere and you see, you greet, we kiss hello. So you have to always, you know, kiss the adults hello. You greet them even if you don't feel like kissing somebody. You can't say hi. Mm. Saying a hi is disrespectful. Mm. I remember being little. I want to say I just got home from like kindergarten or preschool and my aunt was home and I said hi to her. I didn't, I did not go in and kiss her or greet her hello in the way that we're supposed to. And I'm fairly certain I got spanked over it. Mm. There's a lot I don't actually phys- like. I I'll know something happened, yeah. but I have no memory gotcha. of it actually happening. It's like a felt sense so that it that- happened, but memory mm-hmm. is like space, like empty. Like I don't know what it is, but I feel it's something in my gut. Black, yeah. Blackout yeah. completely in in almost every instance. I don't remember 
actually ever being spanked. Like, actually, I can't take my body into the moment of it happening. Mm. I can take right before it happens. After it happens, the dur- but during, I can't take you through mm. it. And this is stuff that I worked on in, in EMDR therapy. Mm. I just can't, which I think is pretty powerful because it, it speaks to how terrifying the experiences were for me. And I'm not even talking like, you know, getting beat with broom handles and beaten bloody. I'm talking tradition, like a spanking. Mm-hmm. I'm talking getting spanked, but it was terrifying for me. Mm. I never needed to be spanked. Mm. I mean, I don't think nobody needs to be spanked, but I'm telling you, like I was a kid, tell me one time and I'll never do it mm-hmm. again. I promise. Mm-hmm. I, it was never a reason, but that's just what they knew yeah. to do. Like that's, that's, you have to do yeah. that. Otherwise you've not corrected the behavior. Yeah. And so a lot of fear and shame was used in my upbringing. And so, you know, the, you know, your body holds on Mm. to that. So, and so when I was as a mom, even though I knew I didn't want to, like, I, it's just so funny. Like you, the whole time I'm a kid, Mm. I'm hating being a kid. I can't wait for it to be over. And then you, all of a sudden you're an adult and you're like, oh, it wasn't so bad. I made it through. It's fine. You know, I'm okay. I'm good. And I would have called myself fine when I first became a mom. Mm. And so it was always about doing the right thing and making sure he, you know, my older son, he looked how he was supposed to look. He behaved the way he was supposed to behave. And his if his behavior wasn't what I expected or wanted it to be, I took it personally um, and I was reactive. For instance, he said something to me today that the old me would have been mad about and would have been like, who are you to talk to me and tell me these things? So so one thing I did today, which I don't normally do, but I did today because I just was frustrated and annoyed. So he wasn't going with the program. And so, and he knows, like he wants to stay on his, he wants to play Minecraft all day, Minecraft and the Roblox and whatever. And we have homeschool we're doing during the day. And I try to make it as fun as I possible. It's definitely not traditional in any way. Like I, you know, but we do still have to do some of this math and Mm -hmm. reading and writing. And so he just wasn't, he didn't want to get off. He didn't want to get dressed. He didn't want to do any of the things that he needed to do. So at one point while he was in the bathroom, I, I took his, he's got two computers. I took his two laptops and I unplugged them. And then I put them in a drawer away so that he could come back and be focused and we can get Mm. going. So I explained that to him after he got out of the bathroom. He didn't love that. But we got the work done. Then we went to speech therapy, came back from speech therapy. He's like, where's my computer? Where's my computer? I was like, well, give me a second. I'll get it for you. So I hand it over to him. He's like, well, next time I need you to ask. And I'm like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, next time it's mine. These belong to me. You just can't take them. Like, you know, and... Ordinarily, what I truthfully, what would have been respectful would have been, I mean, I was going to take them regardless, Mm. but I could have told him like he was in the bathroom and I just took them. I didn't give the warning. I didn't say, hey, because of this, I'm going to take Mm. this away so I can help you so we can get your homework done. I just took it. You know, he wasn't wrong. Like they, these are, this is his personal property. I don't have a right to take it without informing Mm. him because it really wasn't going to be a situation where I was going to ask his permission. I was going to let him know that this is what was going to happen. And so the old me would have been like, you know, where do you get Mm. off? First of all, I bought these computers, okay? (laughs) And you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And you have to, you you can sit here and say to me that I need to ask your permission to take something that I, you know, I that would have been the old me because I was operating, 
you know, I would, that's a, what is that adultism? I guess that's adultism, right? Where, where we, you know, but I wouldn't have done that. What I did to him, I wouldn't have done to another mm. adult, but we feel because they're kids that, you know, I even did it recently. Also, just, I think maybe last week I told him we were going home, but then I made a couple of pit stops on our way home. And he's like, you didn't tell me. He's like, I, you know, I had a, I had a Minecraft date, you know, I had, I had, I had, I had plans and you told me we were going straight home. And now here you are stopping. Now, if I had had my mom in the car with me, my sister, a neighbor, I would have been like, Hey, I'm going to make a stop here at the pharmacy on our way home. I would have, I would have announced it, but because it's a kid, I didn't Hmm. think to do something like that. And so he calls me out on it because he's aware Hmm. now of, you know, sort of how things are supposed to be and what fair looks like. But the old me wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have, I would not have apologized Hmm. for any of these things. I would have been like, you know, so I think that's a change. And I I did spank him a couple of times when he was a toddler, which I'm not proud of. And he reminds me of because he remembers. Mm. Why did you Mm. do that? We don't hit people we love. Right, mom? (laughs) So he calls me out on it. But yeah, yeah, that would have been me. I was pretty like I had pretty high expectations of him and I was strict. It's it's, 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 going back to your childhood. It was sounds like while you knew you didn't want to replicate what your parents did because you said it yourself like it was terrifying it was a lot of shame and I didn't like this I didn't like childhood because of it and my guess is some level of fear and anxiety around like you know what can I not do and I can't say anything and and then coming to uh, becoming a mom now it's like you had this probably thing in you that I don't want to do that and yet maybe found yourself doing not exactly but some of the things that were parented to you because that's what you to some degree knew like my the old me would have been punitive and maybe just well this is my stuff so it doesn't matter like I don't you don't I don't owe the explanation kind of that authoritarian type of parenting which Mm -hmm. is like what doesn't matter what you like this is what I'm doing regardless because I'm I'm the parent right but then the new you is this idea of like okay well I'm trying to make this change and so you know before we got to that change though there was this kind of falling into patterns of just what was familiar it sounds like prior right before yeah. you you had this epiphany or moment of something's got to shift falling into some similar patterns even spanking a few times and or maybe being more like high expectations but low connection or high expectations and high standards but i'm not really teaching i'm not no there was no connect I low connect there was okay, no, no connection. connection like i didn't even entertain mm. that it was like you know, I know I have to put you through, you know, put you into daycare, preschool. I need to make sure you've got, you look Mm. good, yet you're fed and that I'm taking you to all your doctor's appointments. Like that was really my focus. I don't remember actually like playing with him when he was Mm. little, little, like I don't have that memory at all. Like I'm always building puzzles now with the other one, puzzles and Legos and and towers and things. I don't remember doing that much with my with. And in fact, I don't. I remember like the first time I even took him to like was pumpkin picking. Mm. He was maybe four. Whereas his brother, I'm taking at six months. We're picking mm. apples. Like he's been every year, every season. We're doing it all the time. You know. Like I just it never even occurred. To, and I, and I honestly. The few times that we did do like, you know, things together that he would like to do as a kid, it was I was actually nervous mm. doing it. Like I wasn't comfortable. I didn't I felt uneasy. I felt like I needed, you know, a friend to be doing it with me and and needing to be invited to do these things versus actually feeling comfortable just even connecting with my own with my own kid. So, it was really about providing, like that was what I understood mm. my role was as a mom 
providing and meeting all of the physical right. needs. But emotionally, I didn't really understand mm-hmm. what that looked like because I didn't have it. Like my mom worked all yeah, the time. Yeah, right. You didn't have that. So you didn't have a grid or a, a model or a map of what that right. could look like because you had a map, you had a model, right. but that was a mom working and dad working out of the home or, you know, you don't speak, you don't write. There's You had a model. And so you kind of, yeah. in a way, took the, it sounds like, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you took the be- the, the, the the positive parts of what your parent did for you as a kid. Okay, I'm going to provide right. for my son in these ways, physical needs, looking the part, make, you know, behavior, kind of really, but it was it was a kind of one-dimensional view of a child because then obviously this other big component is, well, there's that emotional piece that I didn't know how to do that. And so I'm wondering as a kid, what do you think in general, if you could like, say this, I'm sure you've done some work on this already doing EMDR, like what, what do you think you needed to hear or receive from your parents as a kid that you didn't get emotionally? Yeah. I mean, I think just having a, con- like talking me down, like explaining to me that the way I, like I would have, I was, you know, I just think I was born just a super sensitive mm-hmm. kid. Right. So I cried a lot as a kid and I was always made to feel like my emotional response to things was completely mm-hmm. like insane. And so I think having someone say, I understand why you're upset. I understand. I get it. Like I, you know, granted, maybe they wouldn't express being upset the way I would express it, which was sure, like sobbing sure. uncontrollably. But why I was upset, should, you know, as a human being, we should have, it, it, you know, you could understand why some, you know, but it was never, there was never any sort of understanding hmm about, you know, why I'm upset and what's right. what's troubling me and really no focus on like, you know, what are you interested in? What can we do to kind of lean into your interests? Let's, you know, what's something that would be specifically like, Lisa would like this. Let me do, like my mom would do things sometimes and like she'd bring home like your favorite foods. Like she's, she was good at, she knew your favorite snack. She knew your favorite mm. food. She'd do that. But there was never sort of an interest in knowing us as individuals mm. and sort of leaning into what that, what that is and making sure that we, you know, had an understanding yeah. of self and that being myself was perfectly fine. And that, you know, I was a good, like just mm. positive reinforcement, affirmations definitely help with emotional regulation because I never learned. Yeah. So no model how to regulate emotions like. either. So what you needed was. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, just yeah. stop it. Yeah. Stop crying. You're, you're doing this for attention. Yeah. Your interpretation was, I must be crazy. Something's wrong with me, right? Or something. Absolutely. Something's wrong. And that can be very, Absolutely. I'm sure, painful and isolating, whole- right? Like as a little child. And, and so you had this longing, though, of wanting to be seen, wanting to be understood and like, Hey, these are big emotions. I'm here. You know, let's let's model how to navigate that. But, you know, they didn't have that. My guess, they didn't have that skill, right? They came from a framework too. No, they didn't right. have it. I mean, they came from. I mean, just you know, the mm. poorest nation yeah. in the Western Hemisphere. And although they didn't grow up, from my understanding, I mean, my mom did more than my dad. My dad, my grandfather was was, I guess, relatively successful, and so I don't think my dad. But my mm. dad was the oldest, so he probably experienced some of the harder times, and his younger siblings did. And but they came from. I mean, I, I if what I got was bad and it wasn't great, I can only mm. imagine yeah. what they came from. So I do have a lot of. I don't. I don't harbor any ill feelings towards my parents. I'm not mad at them. I I look at them as people who 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 mm. did what they knew. 
to the and I and I guarantee what I got was yeah. better than what they and, got. And with that, I think it's an important perspective that not everyone talks about that understanding the story of your parents. Because I think, and you tell me, but this is my sense with this, that we can we can have empathy and understanding that, yeah, my parents probably did. And not, not for everyone's case, by the way. But in your case, yeah. and, and I, I'd say my case, yeah, I think my parents did improve from their parents. Because when I heard stories of their parents, I'm like, oh, that was definitely an improvement from yeah. what you got. Right. And I think we could have right. empathy and see that as an adult and also say, and you also missed me. And here's what I needed. Like there was, it's like the empathy understanding yeah. of like, they probably did and they still got some things wrong and they still did some things that actually were painful. It's like a both and not an either or. What, what, what do you think about that? Do you think it's an important perspective or not important perspective to have? I think it's super, I think it's important. I think you have to recognize in order to be a conscious parent, you can't mm. skate over that stuff. You have to be able and be willing to confront the areas where they failed you. Like, as if you look at your parents through rose color, rose colored glasses, how can you parent yeah. differently? I think it's a, it's a struggle because, you know, nobody wants to, I mean, not nobody, but a lot of us struggle when you know, like at the core, because so much of what we teach as in or in the gentle parenting space, some of the creators anyway, or educators or whatever you want to call them, they say some really harsh stuff about parents who do the things that mm. my parents did. And, it make it almost makes you feel like I should hate them. You know, they they're horrible. The people who do these things, people who spank children are horrible people. Like they they know it, they're abusers, they're this, this, and this. I don't have that. <laughs> I I even even with full awareness that they that what they did was wrong. And I'm I'm oh, mm. I can confront that. I can see it for what it is. And I had to do that because otherwise, how could I parent consciously if I'm still sort of you know, and I don't want to sound like an apologist. I, and I know that's probably what I sound like, but it's, I don't think it's so cut and dry. Mm. I think there has to be some, some nuance. I think there has to be room for some mm. grace. And I, and even though I can sit here and say, you know, how could they not know? I don't, I mean, what you know, cognitively is often mm. not what you do. Cause you, you do what you've, what you, what's been modeled to you and what your understanding is. And there's a lot of cultural pressure as well to sort of abide by these sort of standards that are within your culture. And it is, I mean, discipline is synonymous with spanking, hitting, beating, yeah. whatever in Haitian culture. Yeah. And so with that, the synonymous, like this punishment is synonymous with discipline in Haitian culture. I think a lot of cultures have that, that I think a lot of people get stuck in that rigid, that it means punishment. In fact, I did a poll the other day on my YouTube channel asking that question. When I, when you hear the word discipline, what comes to mind? And I put punishment or teaching and half of the people said, well, punishment, right? I think, cause that was, I think yeah. even talking to my parents because I've had conversations with them and I was spanked and things like that. And According to them, and now we, me and my dad have a great relationship, and but we had a really some heart to heart conversations about stuff. And you know, his perspective was we just, I mean, back then, yeah, I was kind of talked about, but not really. He's like, we, there wasn't like a lot of parenting things going on. It wasn't like, let's be conscious. Like, it was just that, in fact, they taught us that spanking was the norm, that like, that was the thing you did, taught by yeah. experts. Like, that was the thing, you know, for 50 mm -hmm. years ago, 40. I mean, so it's not until recently that we've starting to see brain development and, oh, maybe this isn't helpful. So I think some of it is with, yeah. within the context that was the norm and they did what was actually taught. Like there's a lot of things that were taught. 
over the ages that have been incorrect. <laughs> like we, I mean, there's a lot, yeah. a lot of things that people were, that experts taught or said this was the right thing to do. I mean, there was a time when they said, don't, don't touch your kid. Don't hold your kid. Like leave, put them in isolation. Like if you even go back yeah. farther, I mean, there was a time when going to birth, you know, births that dads, you can't be in here. You know, you're not in the birthing room. Like that's, yeah. that to me now seems insane. But back then that wasn't insane. That was yeah. normal. And so I think a lot of this is, I think as we grow, my firm belief is that holding the two is going to be important. If you want true healing, we need to be able to understand the context, what your parents come and still call out what they did in some cases was evil, right? There's some, in some cases it's pure evil, right? It's it. Yeah. And in some people's cases yeah. that I work with, it's like, yeah, there's really no way around this. Like this is just, this wasn't actually what was taught, right? There's certain things that weren't taught. It was like, and yeah. most likely it was probably out of their own yeah. trauma. It doesn't mean it's okay. But I think holding the understanding and letting go as well as being able to call out and saying this was not okay and here's what I'm doing differently about it like you said is I have to see those things so I can change so I can heal yeah. to then pass it down to my kids and the generations to come and I, and I think without that it's I think it cause more division and actually not true healing I think it'll create a different problem in the end yeah I've had people or you know people who follow me or, or comment and they'll say, you know, I don't spank my child, but I was spanked. I don't spank. I consider myself a conscious parent, but you know, I don't think spanking affected me negatively at all. And I, I think, and listen, I, who I, I, far be it from me to tell somebody that they're traumatized, right? It's far be it from me to be like, to, to define somebody's mm. experience. But it's like you're talking out of, as they say, you're talking to both sides of your, like you, you can't say that this was an mm. okay experience because there's gotta, why don't you do it then if it was okay right. and it didn't affect you badly? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why don't you try it? There's gotta be something about it that you don't like right. and you don't think is quite right. So, and also I would argue that a lot of people just don't, and, and I, and this is not, I think there are people who genuinely can't from like a psychological can't standpoint, mm. can't go there yeah. within their own experiences. Yeah. Like you just can't do it. Cause I certainly have things that I'm just like, I, I remember saying to my therapist, like, mm, just yeah. not going to touch True. that one yet. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Yeah. but not yet. And there, there are things mm -hmm. that just people cannot cog, mm -hmm. you know, they can't do it. I think if I were to have a conversation with my parents, cause you've had the conversation, mm -hmm. it sounds like with your dad, I've not had the conversation with mine. I think I could have it with my dad. I don't yeah. think I could have it with my mom. Yeah, and that, that's a, another side piece is that not every person is going to be able to actually have a, a healthy conversation in there. And that's a different piece. Not that we they need, not mm -hmm. that we need to have our parent do that so we can heal because I don't believe that they, I don't see that we must have this in order for us to heal. I think that it's best, like if we can, that's like the ideal. But the reality is yeah. not all of our parents would be receptive to that. Or would it even be safe to do that, right? So I think right. there's also, like you said earlier on, right. there's so there's nuance to this. There's a philosophy or a structure, and we have to work within that and what feels mm -hmm. safe and okay for us with where we are or with our parent or with our children. But the core of it is going, the main philosophy is what I'm hearing the shift for you is going from kind of high structure expectations with no connection and, and demands on a child mm -hmm. with kind of a lack of education. And again, back then, People didn't really know a lot that much about development of the brain. I mean, that's that's more of a recent understanding. And now shifting to mm -hmm. still having high structure, but high connection, right? Connecting with your kid and empathy and yeah. teaching. I think that's the piece because then you go to what did spanking teach you? Like what did it actually, did it teach any skill, right? And I would say most people would say didn't teach me anything other than maybe I don't do that because I don't want to get 
hurt, right? I don't want to, you know, I think in that sense, sure, it taught a kid. Well, I don't want that because that, I didn't like that. So it taught that not to do something out of fear of being hit or hurt or, you know, grounded. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, it's fear-based. So is it teaching? I would agree it is teaching, but is it effective? No, because there's still the lack of the skill, right? Right. The lack of the skill and then fear obviously right. manifests into anxiety and mm. has all kinds of psychological yes. stuff that shows up later. And most people don't make the connection to that. Like they won't ever make the connection that their anxiety and the fear they have about whatever is tied mm-hmm. to. Because they said it was upbringing. just, this is just what it was. It was normal. This was my, I'm fine. It was, uh, I'm fine. I went to college. I have I'm money. Married. Yeah. I have a job. I, I have yeah. Laugh, I have it's, money, then yeah. fine. It and I think totally that we need to connect the dots. And that's often what I do in my in my office with individuals is let's look at this all. Like I know you feel fine, but let's actually look at this. And often when I get in there, there's this, there's a wounded person in there that had a need that wasn't met, and not to demonize the parent, but to say they didn't meet that. Even good intentioned parents miss yeah. things. And so, you know, coming to the present now with you, that you had this epiphany, a moment in time where you you had this upbringing. You know, and obviously now I'm sure you look, this is more recent now of you looking back, I'm sure of like, okay, my parents did the best. But when you were like probably five and 10, that that wasn't probably there, right? It was just, I want to get out. I don't like childhood. I, yeah, I just, I yeah. was afraid. I felt like, you know, you just didn't do, and there was mm. so, there was no connection at all. Like I can probably count on one hand how many sort of like Hmm. family things that we ever did. (laughs) Like literally, I think we went on like two family trips before I was 10. And now for a short break. So if you're looking for ways to support the show and my YouTube channel, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash therapy for dads. There you can make a one-time donation or join the monthly subscription service to support all that I'm doing at the intersection of fatherhood and mental health. And all the proceeds go right back into all the work that I'm doing into production, into continue to grow the show to bring on new guests. So again, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash therapy for dads. Thanks. And let's get back to the show. You became Mm -hmm. a mom and kind of fell into some, not exact, but some of the old pattern kind of high demand, maybe authoritarian to some degree, right? Parenting. And then something Mm -hmm. happened. Could you kind of speak just, you know, a little bit about that and then then we'll shift into kind of what you're doing now as a conscious gentle parent. Sure. So really, I mean, it was, it all kind of all happened in this, like, Hmm. it was a pandemic initially. So the pandemic's here. And I, you know, I had been parenting from, you know, an unconscious Mm -hmm. state. I'll just call it what it is. There was no connection with the child. There was no stopping and thinking and being present. Mm. I was always just reactive. I had things I needed to do. Mm. And I needed him to fall in line and do those things. Yeah. And if he didn't, it was like, Mm. I I never paused on how I reacted to him not doing what I needed to do. And this is prior to even understanding how neurodivergent he is because he's got all of the acronyms frankly he's got you know or even myself so that we no one's been at this point is the it's early in the pandemic and none of us have been diagnosed since then we've all been diagnosed myself my husband you know everybody's neurodivergent we come to find out but we didn't know that then and so it's early in the pandemic and i'm finding myself being very reactive but in you know, but now we're home 24 seven. And so it's, it's, I'm more aware Mm. of how reactive I am. And I just happened to be on Facebook and some, some random post came up 
and I got into this Facebook group and I was introduced to conscious parenting. And I was trying to do it for the first, well, what I thought was conscious parenting, mm. right? For like the first year without being conscious of anything. <laughs> I hadn't done any of my own work. I just knew I wasn't supposed to yell and hit you. And I wasn't really, I mean, hitting was never a huge part of my parenting. So that was easy to not ever do, but I was still yelling. I didn't really get it. I was still having, mm. I was still an authoritarian parent, frankly. And it wasn't until this moment where I completely lost it and threw out, like I, it was like nighttime and I'm telling him over and over again, get in the bath, get in the bath, get in the bath. And of course, now mm. I recognize he was overstimulated. He's tired. It's nighttime. Yeah. The expectation shouldn't have been like, not only get in yeah. the bath, but clean up your thing. So I do the thing. I take all his stuff. I throw it in the trash. Oh, you don't care about this. Uh, if you cared yeah. about it, it wouldn't be on the floor. So I threw away all his stuff. And the next day, of course, I wake up and I'm horrified. And he's at school. So I'm t I actually filmed myself taking the things out of the trash. Because some, something inside um, you felt. Something inside mm. me felt this is yeah. not normal and this is not right. And then I started really leaning in. I uh, read Dr. Shafali's The Conscious Parent. Great book. I read The Whole Brain Child. And it all started. To, I started mm. to actually understand what it means to be. And then I read Great The book. Body Keeps the Score. I got into my own, I got into my own yeah. healing. Oh, I, you know what I need to read? Now that I just remember like the four too. agreements, yeah, that's book. the other one that I need to read. <laughs> and so I, you know, I got mm. into my own healing. I got out of a toxic work environment. I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and was made to understand that it is, you know, that there is a lot of thought that it's genetic. And so I was like, oh, don't want my kids to have this. And so all of that, you know, mm. sort of help to just really push me further into understanding yeah. what it means to be a conscious parent, my own healing, and just mm. changing the way I do things. Uh, that entirely. story, I'm imagining because I've had low, even with being, I would call myself a conscious, mindful, you know, proactive attachment, you know, dad. I still have, I've had moments when I've raised my voice. Yeah. Absolutely, my low. When I have low, you know, high demand and my capacity is low. And I, you know, I model apologizing, but even those moments, I still feel that like, oh, I got, I know I got it wrong. That's not what my kid needed. I know what my, and I got lost in my own nervous system. Right. And so I, you know, model the repair with him and, and say, but yep. you know, dad, dad lost it. And that was me not regulating. I need what I need to do. And I'll take a breath. You're like, you're right. I didn't take a breath or, you know, all these things that I, and they, cause they know it. Cause I've been teaching them since a very young age and I'm not perfect, right? But I've had right. that feeling of that in your stomach of like, oh, I missed it, right? And I'm imagining you in the in the trash of just like, oh, yeah. I know that I oh, missed it, like, yeah, that's not what he needed, but still not sure exactly what, because again, what I'm hearing is you didn't have the model. So what you did do, and let's shift this as we the last part of this kind of conversation is, you know, the the shift for you is I started educating myself. That's what I'm hearing. So would that be the, a good first step for yeah. someone who maybe is coming from maybe a mindless or unconscious or kind of automatic, I would call it, parenting? Would that be a good first step of like beginning with some level mm -hmm. of education? Yeah, it's funny. I just actually published this. This was how to begin oh, gentle parenting on my blog today. And that was the mm. point number one is educate yourself for sure. You have to, you, there's just, there's no way around it because you don't mm. know what you're doing and why you're doing it if you don't start there. So I always recommend, I don't even say The Conscious Parent, even though it's a great book. I think the book you wish your parents had read 
is an gotcha. easier and faster read to just mm. sort of like kind of throw you in. So I do that in the and and the whole brain child. Like I've actually gifted those books to quite a few of my clients because I, I think that there's no way around it. Otherwise, what are you doing? Because I've had so many people say to me, it's mm. not working. Gentle parenting is not working. And I'm mm. like, mm, <laughs> yeah. don't know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't read anything, did you? What do you know about gentle parenting? Well, I watched a couple of TikToks and I'm like, eh, no, not quite. Like someone literally had like an argument with me on Facebook today. She's like, I tried this gentle parenting. I put my kid in timeout. That stuff doesn't work. I'm like, well, ma'am, timeout isn't gentle parenting, number one. So what exactly you, sounds like you were doing gentle talking. Right. And you had some expectations that just kind of in line with where your child is developmentally. So... Yeah, so There's that's number no one. It would be it. like Education maybe two or three other you know, when you're working with parents that like this is this is the initial path. So first is education, number two would be what? What would you say? Hmm. I think too, you gotta think about your own childhood. I think you gotta reflect back onto your own child and really, really be honest with yourself. Like what yeah. did you not like? What was that experience? And be willing to go there, even as hard as it may be, because it allows you to start building the empathy for your child hmm. and putting yourself in their shoes. Like me being able to put myself in my son's shoes today, even with one last week with going without telling him we were going to stop at at the pharmacy and wherever else I stopped to taking his laptop away, even though I was going to take it away, whether he wanted to or not, but just informing him that I was going to take it away. I know what that feels like. Like if I, like you can't just take my stuff. We get upset. So I I love that. that that In a way, treat them, hmm, treat them like the adult we're trying to model, but but we have to model because we know that developmentally not there yet, but we still got to treat them with the same respect that we would an adult. We wouldn't just take your, I wouldn't come and just take your laptop. (laughs) Like I wouldn't, I would tell you. But right. we gotta we gotta do the same respect to kids at the same time, right. age appropriate, developmentally appropriate, because we're still teaching and everything we're doing is teaching. And so, yeah, step one is education. Step two is I also agree right. with this. We have to look inward because we gotta be aware of our, why are we reacting to these things. It's coming from something. There's a reason why we're reacting. There's a story behind that. Why we do or don't do something. There's always a story. You have to know who you yeah. are and why you became who you are. Like you have to know all the bits and or or try to know, right? It's not like you it's not like right. you're gonna know it all and then you start yeah. gentle parenting. You're you're yeah. learning as you go, you're healing as you go. But so much of what we think is, well, it's my personality or I'm a Pisces and so this is how we are, right? People yeah. that's that's I'm the this, story I would I tell years you know. ago. But then you're <laughs> Which like, I think is a rationalization, intellectualization for to not actually right. have to grow and change. It's like, well, you know, I'm this, so I can't anyway. I'm which I think is a way of right. shooting yourself in the foot, right. so to speak, of like, well, you know, I'm already a bad parent, so why try? Like I'm this way, so there's no re- no reason to even trying anyway. Like I'm not gonna get anywhere, which is right. which is not actually if right. you're thinking of what do you want to teach your kid, what are you teaching your kid? Well, just to give up that, not to grow. Like you're, if once you're stuck, you're in stone, right? So right. we we got to understand our past. A good book on that, if you haven't read it, is Parenting from the Inside Out. That's a really good book by Dan Siegel, which yeah, he wrote books right, with right, Tina right, on like whole brainchild and stuff like that. So what would be number three? So number one is education. Two is look at your past. Three would be what? Uh, you know, I should know this because I wrote the I wrote the blog. <laughs> Connection. Honestly, work on connecting with your kids. Spend time. Get to know them. Because also, when there isn't that connection, again, you're more likely to to misunderstand or misread their behavior or their response. Like, I think I even mentioned this to you. Like, there were books in, like, the 90s that were, like, Mm. men are from Mars, women are from Venus, right? Mm. They need to have something like that for kids because... 
we misinterpret their response to things a lot. And if you don't have like that connection with your kid, you're going to not quite get it. And you're going to be, you might be react. Like I, I have so many stories of how I've like, I missed it. Like I remember last year we were, we were on a trip to Maine, really nice trip. And there was like a candy store on the, the street in, in, in Maine. And of course, I, like I have a sweet tooth. So of course I'm like, oh, I want to get candy. So I say to my son, I was like, oh, I have a surprise. Let's go. You know, he's like, oh, what's the surprise? I'm like, oh, we're going to go to this candy store over here. And he's like, oh, mm. oh I thought it was going to be a toy store. I was pissed. I was so pissed. I'm like, this kid's so ungrateful. Wow. He's on this beautiful vacation. I mean, who doesn't want candy? And I uh, I read it as he was in, in gratitude. I read I took that as ingratitude when really it was just from a kid's standpoint. I yeah. like toys more than yeah. I like candy. It was just honest. It was just he's himself. It's honest. It wasn't, I'm I don't care about this yeah. trip you know, F mom, F this vacation. It wasn't any of yeah. that, but I reacted to it like it was all of that because we, you know, and then I, I apologized for my reaction. I did. I apologized for my reaction and I worked on just connecting more. Cause I'm like, I'm also, I'm still not, I'm not as, and I honestly, to be honest during that mm. time, I was working a crazy job and I was working all the time. So I really, I hadn't been like connecting and spending time and all of that. So this was like this one short brief moment where I spent time with them uh, on this yeah. vacation because I was working on this vacation. Mm. And I just was so in my own mind and my own thoughts and my own anxiety and my whatever. And, you know, so I think connection yeah. is such an hmm. important part of all of this. Like, and you, and you get to know them and their personalities and what they're, you know, their sense of humor mm. and like who they are yeah. as people in a very different way. I mean, it way. sounds so foundational. It helps us inform us on how we need to actually parent and meet our individual kid because every kid is different. All three of my kids are different. Like there's some similarities, right. yes, but if I don't get to know them, I'm, in, I'm not gonna be able to speak their language and what they're needing from me because my eldest needs something different than my middle, than my, than my daughter. They all need, exactly. they all need connection but in its own way, it's like adults, right? Like, how do you feel connected? It might be different than your your partner and husband. Just like adults, we need to meet, yeah. understand our kids' needs through connection and spending time with them to know that about them so we know, oh, he does actually, this is just about, he just likes toys more than candy. I'm the one excited about candy. He could care less. He'd rather go to a toy store. Like, maybe your other kid might right. be like, yeah, candy, let's get candy. Like, you know, it's just because of where they are. And I love that you said that because in his right. brain, that... It wasn't about the trip. It wasn't about this. It was like he was genuinely, genuinely excited more. And we miss that if we don't spend the time. And so can you, like, what is one very practical way of parents, like, what do you mean? I'm sure you had this question. What do you mean connect? I don't know how to do that. Like, what do you mean connect with them? Where I don't even know how to do that. The littlest things, mm. like with my older son, mm. we go to Dunkin' Donuts like once a week and he gets his favorite mm. donut. We spend like, it's okay. literally like 10 minutes and we're just chatting. Like mm. I have tea, he has a donut and we just, we chat. You know, it's like in this small, like little bit of time. And now because I do have more time, we take walks all the time mm. because he's very into birding, which he, which now I'm into birds and nature mm. and wanting to go. So we'll take random walks like, okay, let's just walk up and down the street, see what birds we might 
we might find like it's little it doesn't have to be like these extravagant cute, you know things. these like yeah. you know extravagant like no it's mm. walking up go for yeah. a walk with your kid up the street for five minutes <laughs> like a day you know at night after mm. dinner or whatever go for a quick yeah. neighborhood be present walk right just listen just, be present yeah. just be present listen mm. hear what their minds or what they're thinking of like what they're what they're into and just lean in like my i have like my entire family is now not just like us in our house, like my my dad, my sisters oh. are all into, we're all trying to go birding and That's like great. everyone's like, everybody is leaned in. Your son. Yes, absolutely. And I think that just builds their self-esteem. Like it makes you feel yeah. so like important. Yeah. Like people care about something that you care about. You know what I mean? And listen, he's autistic. So this is a special interest of his. So when you find somebody who likes oh, like yeah. your special interest? It's like there's nothing better than that. Like yeah. I swear, yeah. My oldest son is, I mean, is neurodivergent, <laughs> and for so. sure, and, and his his special thing is math, math and numbers. So that 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 we could for hours we could yes. talk, and so that's how I connect with him. Is okay. Let's just talk about numbers, and like he just asks questions about just stuff I actually don't know anymore. I have to thankfully Google exists, so I do a lot of googling to right. say I don't know what this is, but I got I want to answer your I question. Know. And so I think it's that this goes back to this full circle right. is that, you know, hearing what you needed as a kid of really someone connecting with you on that level. And you're doing that in a way. And that's, I think, as parents, yeah. I would say we have the opportunity to heal in a way by being that parent that we needed to our kids, but uniquely in what they're needing from us because they have a need and they're needing skills and they're needing a model. Yeah. And that's what I think this whole idea of gentle, conscious, mindful parenting positive parent, I think there's different words positive parenting is, is really having yeah. a purpose, having a reason for what we're doing, not just to react, but there's always about teaching. We're having high connection, high structure. We're trying to teach a skill, walk them through it. So they we're building this, like kind of the structure for when they become adults, they'll know how to navigate a big emotion because, oh, mom sat with me on this and she, she helped me with this. It wasn't just like, go to your room and be quiet. It was, I remember these moments that I was having a hard time. My mom just sat right. and like, I was okay. And she, one, she loved me. It wasn't, I wasn't told I was insane. I was actually, I was loved in that moment. And right. I didn't know what to do because I was shown this right. over and over and over again. And now I could do it on my own. It's a journey. It's a journey. It's not a, you know, I, that's, if I could give anyone a bit of advice who's sort of mm. embarking on this is understand yeah. like it's a journey. It's a lifetime commitment. Mm. It, you will be repeating yourself yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot and doing mm. it with them over and over again, but they're going to learn and they're learning and you're learning too, because mm. so much of little Lisa is still very much here. And so, you know, when I go outside with him and I'm looking at birds, like my own yeah. inner child is like, is all into it too. And I'm like looking <laughs> up like hiking shoes and things for summer now. I love I'm like, that. Man, like, yeah. where does this I, person I love, come love from? It is and a journey. So, it's, a, it's a, it's a journey. I love that. Sure. It's, I think it's a great encouragement for parents that are starting that it's not, it's not just a destination, but it's a lifelong journey of learning, of being curious about, I think not only our children, but ourselves, you know, and the, in the little Lisa or like the little Travis, like what, you know, how do we yeah. reclaim that part of ourselves that maybe we had to kind of push away because of, for various reasons, survival, whatnot, that we can maybe allow to come out in our kids and and see that kind yeah. of be revived and, and reclaimed. And so where can we find you? If people want to reach out for some support, Lisa, where are you? How do we do that? You know, consciouslylisa.com 
that is, you'll find all my social mm. handles there. You'll find links to my podcast, to my ebook, to my email. Great. It's all and consciouslylisa.com. Everyone that's listening, all of these links are going to be in, if you're listening to the audio podcast, in the show notes. If you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be in the description. Everything will be clickable to take to her website, to her ebook, to her Instagram. Reach out to her if you're looking for this journey. She's friendly. She's passionate about this. She really cares. And I she gets you. I think she has she has this experience to have empathy and understanding for where you are even if it's slightly different she can meet you where you are because i feel that warmth when i talk with her that she really does want to genuinely help and that's why i wanted her on the show is because there's a genuineness of care and seek and understand and really to make a difference in all the lives of the next generation so thank you lisa and have a great rest of your day thanks Travis. thanks for joining and listening today please leave a comment and review the show dads are tough but not tough enough to do this fatherhood thing alone.